God says his grace is sufficient. We multiply that in each and every one of you this day that the Lord is just. The text for this message today comes from Leviticus Ha'ina. This only comes into the lectionary of the Church of Jerusalem, what is described as grace, once every three years. So I thought perhaps it was worth taking a moment to explore what it has to say to us. Onesimus was a a runaway slave. That gave him a big problem. As a runaway slave, he could be beaten severely or even put to death if that was Haina's choice. While we may not even like the thought of slavery or the idea, that's not the message that Philemon brings to us today. It's a message that is needed by every Christian. It's the message of how we should deal with someone else who has wronged us. That's the message of Philemon. The primary message of Philemon is how do we forgive others? We're all familiar with the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, which we said a few moments ago. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Sometimes we speak those words sort of without thinking about them a lot. So I thought it'd be good if we look at that petition just a little more clearly for a moment or two and analyze what are we really saying? Well, number one, we're admitting that we daily sin and we need forgiveness. That's the first thing we're saying. Number two, we're asking God to forgive us because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. He died a sacrificial death upon the cross of Calvary so that we might be forgiven. But third, we're also asking God to help us forgive those who have sinned against us. Why? Because by forgiving them, we can more appreciate what God has done for us to win our forgiveness. We live in a violent world. Violence comes to all communities nowadays. And the biggest reason for violence seems to be revenge. I'm going to get even with somebody for what I believe they have done to me. The idea of revenge can go all the way to the point of murder, but it doesn't have to. Sometimes with the Christian group, it's a harsh word said in retaliation for a harsh word received. Or an angry thought. Or maybe an insult because you feel you've been insulted. Whatever it is, we believe that by getting revenge, we get even and we feel better. Such feelings can happen amongst enemies, but they can also happen amongst friends, even family members. In spite of the fact that we know God has forgiven us and died so that we might 
live eternally, we still find it difficult to forgive those who have sinned against us. Paul reminds Philemon in this little letter with these words, Christ makes me bold enough to order you to do the right thing. That is to forgive Onesimus, the runaway slave. Paul felt he could order him to do that. But, he says, I would prefer to make an appeal to you on the basis of love. Whose love? God's love. Paul had heard about Philemon's faithfulness in the Lord. He talks about all the wonderful things Philemon was doing in his community. And he says, here's one more thing you can do. Forgive Onesimus. Imagine Paul writing the letter to you this morning. Yeah, you and me. Is there someone here in your life who you struggle to forgive? Maybe they've wronged you emotionally or physically even or mentally. Do you struggle to forgive them? Do you feel that you have a right to be angry with them and not to forgive them? Is it even possible amongst the members of our congregation here that there's somebody in the congregation that you feel has wronged you? That happens sometimes even within a Christian community. Then Paul is speaking to you this morning as he's speaking to me. And his words are clear. Forgive that person. Not out of constraint or obligation. Not even because they deserve to be forgiven. But of your own free will, by God's grace, Forgive as you have been forgiven. Some time ago, I heard a true story about two nuns who were murdered. The response of the sisters in that order was to pray for the family of the nuns and, and to pray for the perpetrator of the murder. They prayed for the man who had murdered the nuns. Not because he deserved their prayers, but because if they didn't pray for them, for him, they felt for sure he would be eternally damned. But isn't that what he deserved for murdering the nuns, we would say? Well, that's what we would say because that's the way we think. But you see, God thinks another way altogether. He came to this earth to die for all sins, even the sin of murder. And so he would forgive even that. Judging from the care that Paul takes in choosing his words in this little letter, very cautiously, it appeared that the people of the community where Philemon lived also struggled with the idea of forgiveness, just like we do. Yeah, we do. It's one thing to receive God's grace, receive God's love, receive God's forgiveness, but it's a whole other thing to give it away. After all, that person did something wrong to me. 
Paul makes it clear that Onesimus had become a Christian. Perhaps it was Paul that shared Jesus' love with him. He had repented of his sin and now was willing to go back to his owner, Philemon. From that time on, Onesimus was a wonderful help to Paul. Paul was in prison. Prison weren't very nice places. Prison isn't a nice place today, but it was much, much worse in Paul's day. Now Paul feels duty-bound to send Onesimus back to Philemon. Not because he wanted to, because Philemon was, because Onesimus was a huge help to him, but because he felt he had to so that Philemon could learn to forgive. That's why he sends him back. And he tells him with these words, welcome him as though you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to my account. I'll pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. You see, it had been Paul that had shared the love of Jesus Christ with Philemon. And so without Paul, he would be lost forever. And now he says, I'm coming to you. Not just Onesimus, but imagine this is me, and I'm coming to you. If he owes you anything, I'll pay it. Luther considered those words of the little book of Philemon to be the mirror of God's grace to us. Imagine it this way. There you are at heaven's door, and the Heavenly Father is looking at you with a judgmental eye because of all your sins, and Jesus Christ stands up and he says... Don't look at their sins. Look at the forgiveness that I have for them. If they owe you anything, if you owe God anything, count it to me, Jesus says. Charge it to my account. Put it on the cross with all the other sins that I died for. Pretty strong words. That's right. Jesus paid for every one of our sins. And they're not charged to us as we deserve. They're charged, they were charged to him. Without Jesus Christ's forgiveness, we would be lost. With no hope at all. That's what Paul wants Philemon to understand about the sin that Onesimus had committed. Philemon needed to share the mercy and love of God that he had received with Onesimus. We've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. When I stand at heaven's door, there's nothing but Jesus Christ and his merits that will get me in. No amount of sermons I preached, no amount of time spent in Sunday school when I was a little boy, no amount of prayers or Bible reading that I've ever done, but only Jesus' blood. And what's true of me is true of you. And he shed it willingly for you. In our Old Testament lesson, we heard a few words from Moses that I just want to refer to briefly. He says, I call on heaven and earth 
to witness today that I have offered you life and death, blessing and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants will live. Moses' words were rather frightening. Heaven and hell are sitting before us. We can choose, you see, which pathway to follow, which journey to take. Without forgiveness given to us by Jesus Christ, we would be lost. We dare not choose that path. And because of his love for you, God offers to lead you in that pathway that he would have you go. God wants to share his grace freely with each of us. We can pretend to be his disciple here on Sunday morning. It's easy. Everybody else is pretending too. But God goes with you when you go out the door. That's when he sees who you really are. I hope he sees the same thing. In our gospel lesson, Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship. This is a hard text. Maybe why I didn't choose to preach on it. He talks about how difficult it may be for our life if we, if we follow him. And that's true. We have to be willing to give up anybody and anything if we're called upon to do that if we are to follow him. In the Muslim faith, if a person becomes a Christian, they have a funeral for that person because they consider them dead. That's how much you have to give up to become a follower of Jesus if you formerly were a Muslim. Would you be willing to do that? Give up your whole family and be considered dead by them? That would be a tough choice. But that's what Christ warns us about. That's what Christ warns us about in the gospel lesson. Forgiving is difficult. But we can because God has forgiven us. There once was an infamous murderer here in Milwaukee. I won't use his name. He was tried and convicted of all of his crimes. At the end of the trial, the judge allowed the victim's relatives to say whatever they wanted to this murderer now convicted. One young lady stood up, the sister of one of the victims, and she screamed at him at the top of her lungs, I'll never forgive you, I'll never forgive you, I'll never forgive you. Over and over and over she said that until she was exhausted and sat down. That murderer went to prison. After a while, one of the local pastors began to visit him. It took months of prayer and patience. But eventually, the murderer confessed his sins repented and asked God for forgiveness. Now both are deceased. The victim's sister and the murderer. Which do you think is more likely to be in heaven? I don't know. But God will make the decision. 
This day, we watched as Kaya received the power of the Holy Spirit in her heart. That same Holy Spirit lives within you as a baptized child of God. That Holy Spirit can empower you to live the life of Christ, forgiving as you have been forgiven only by the power of the Holy Spirit. May God grant it to each of us. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. As we prepare our hearts to receive Christ's body and blood, we confess our faith according to the words of the Nicene Creed. Please rise and join me in that confession. <laughs>